Block, the Building, Learning, and Organizational Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Kirby, and on today's show, I'm going to reflect on two full years of Block Podcast episodes and talk a little bit about what I think new instructional designers need to know about learning and also talk a little bit about some of the side projects that I have coming up. Okay, so July 14th, 2020 was the release of the first three episodes of the Block Podcast. Some people started a pandemic TikTok. Some people started making bread during the pandemic, but I started a learning and development podcast that has since grown to over 50 episodes, over 10,000 downloads, and I couldn't be more thrilled. This is like the second longest hobby I've ever had behind my ridiculous habit of bar trivia. I've been on a bar trivia team for about nine or ten years now. Um, So this is a, a, a second, and not even a close second, but the second thing that I've done the most consistently, right? And so that's one thing I just wanted to say in reflection of two full years of podcast episodes is that if you're going to do something like this, if you've got an L&D passion project, there's a couple of things that you need to keep in mind. First of all, you have to actually be passionate about it, right? For a passion project to survive, for you to sit here like I am tonight on a Monday evening, knowing that this podcast has to drop at 5 a.m. on Tuesday and go, yeah, it's totally fine. I'm going to sit here and record my thoughts and do like I always do and have a great time and have a blast and put it all together. You have to line up your guests. You have to be um, choosy, right? Like you have to be a little bit choosy about who can be on the podcast and who doesn't really fit the vibe. You're going to get people who reach out who just want you to sell something on their behalf or sell them and You have to make a choice whether that's what you want the voice of your podcast to sound like or your your whatever, right? It doesn't have to be a podcast. It can be a book or a blog or a a video series or a monthly ID news update show like Tom and Joey have or whatever. So you have to actually be passionate about it and then you have to never miss a beat. When episode nine was due to drop, I didn't have a guest. I didn't have a plan. I was in a panic and I said, well, why don't I just skip this time and we'll come back next time. And the founder of the startup that I was working with, the whole reason the block podcast exists was like, no, you have to be consistent. Like if you're going to do this every two weeks, you have to do it every two weeks forever. And I really took that to heart. And That's how the International Podcast Day Celebration 8-Minute Episode happened that I just kind of threw together. Another time that happened was when, um, I think it was like the 25th episode celebration where I literally just pieced together every intro clip from every guest and just strung those into one long episode and called it a celebration because I had nothing. I was you know, emotionally and mentally burnt out at the time. And I was like, I have nothing to talk about. Um, But just having that consistency and and being able to 
always want to provide value. Like the podcast is is a selfish thing in a way because I get to talk to all these really interesting people and learn about what they do. But on the other hand, it's really beneficial for everyone else. It's like a win-win-win, right? Like I get to win because I get to talk to all of these amazing people and then meet all of the amazing people who listen to the podcast. The people who listen get something out of it by hearing all these amazing people talk about what they do. And then the amazing people get to promote whatever it is that they're working on or that they're doing. So it's just been this really beautiful experience. And I hope that I keep doing it for 20 more years or like whatever a podcast becomes when technology advances more. And so if you've been listening from the beginning, thank you so much. Um, I want to make like swag or something to celebrate, but I'll keep you all posted on LinkedIn about that. Um, especially since I read it, the logo circa episode 50. And so, um, I have a mug with the old logo and so does my mom, but that's all the swag that exists. (laughs) So, um, I'll keep you posted on some block podcast swag to celebrate two years. I also wanted to talk today a little bit about how new instructional designers view learning. I think there's an unhealthy obsession in our industry with e-learning and with Canva (laughs) or any other kind of infographic maker and with just the idea of instruction, I guess. And yeah, like we're instructional designers, so there's there's an element of truth in that. But, you know, I really want to challenge people to think about learning as something that doesn't have to happen formally, that doesn't have to happen through specific instruction, and that doesn't even have to be learning as an event where information is received and processed, that it can also be just something that happens naturally or learning a new process that makes more sense than the old process. Learning a new way of doing things that is different than you've tried doing things before just to see if maybe that's a better way. Um, But we think about learning and we think about (laughs) storyline Canva, let's make a course, let's make a quiz, let's make an infographic, let's make a handout, and let's, um, you know, don't forget the smile sheet at the end. And it's just a really dry, boring way to learn things, right? Like, for those of you that have children, I want you to think about those formative years of your kid's life when they're just, like, discovering everything. They're discovering their hands. They're discovering life. They're discovering sounds that they didn't pick up on before. And like all of that is learning and none of it's e-learning, right? And then they get to the age, my son is five and we were driving through the Target parking lot the other day and he goes, does that say drive up? And I'm like, yeah, it does. And he's like, mom, how come I can read everything now? And just his little brain, like realizing that all of a sudden, One day, he knows how to read everything around him, and he didn't before. And, like, learning is magical, right? Learning is so magical when you really learn in life. When you learn about who you are as a human being, 
what you value, what you bring to the table, what you're capable of. That's all learning and it's magical. And to reduce all company corporate learning down into basically a narrated PowerPoint with questionable interactivity seems so wrong and such a disservice to learning as a one day you don't know something and the next day you do. One moment you don't know something and the next you have an epiphany. And so I want you to think about learning outside the lines, right? What does that look like in in jobs, right? I think about the people that I've met who just know their job so well that they can tell you, you know, (laughs) the drawer of the cash register, you have to hit the right side twice for it to open, right? Like, or, you know, think about um, your first car. Your first car, if it was like mine, wasn't the best car, right? It was like a hand-me-down or something that, in my case, I shared a 1995 Dodge Neon with my dad. And I was allowed to drive it nights and weekends when I, when I had stuff to do. And it was, it was like 2003 when I got the car. So it was a little old, but there are little idiosyncrasies, right? Like the power steering wasn't very good. So you really had to crank the wheel if you wanted to turn. Like if I drove some other car, I would crank the wheel so hard I'd almost run right off the road. But it's like, you had to know how to drive it. And like, there's people at work who like figured out the system, right? They've figured out the processes. They're, they're working around the things that are, that are obstacles. And that's following those people and doing what they do in lieu of creating better processes, which is really the better answer, but you know how it goes. That's learning, right? Learning dynamics of relationships at work. What you can say to who and when you can say it and how you can give and receive feedback. The way that I give and receive feedback from every single one of my team members is different. The way they prefer to be recognized or to be challenged is different. And those types of things aren't things that we can teach in a 30-minute e-learning Those are things that have depth and they have complexity and there's nothing wrong with that. I've heard stories from folks in L&D before who talk about how something bad happened at their place of work, right? Something, an accident or a mistake or something that caused injury or loss of money. And the first thing was that people are like, oh, we need a training, Instead of actually looking and examining what was the cause for the accident, injury, problem, whatever, they've said, oh, we need training so people don't do this again. But really, it could be as simple as a process that wasn't clear or a lack of safety gear or um, a misunderstanding in directions, right? None of those things can be solved, by a 30-minute e-learning. In fact, I would argue, and I'm sure some people would agree with me, that 
probably 90% of organizational problems cannot be solved with a 30-minute e-learning. I'm interested to see what you think about that. But that's our default, right? I did this poll on LinkedIn, and it was asking, when you're learning something outside of work, how do you prefer to learn? And I think my options were book, YouTube, like videos, stuff like that, an e-learning course, or um, like a forum asking questions, kind of like Reddit type thing, getting advice from other people. And LinkedIn polling is crap. So it was, I only got four options. I wanted so many more. But the answers were pretty evenly divided amongst the group of what people, how people would prefer to take in information about a hobby or something that they're not learning for work. So then why is 90% of corporate learning an e-learning format? Why are we not curating books? Why are we not curating YouTube videos? Why are we not setting up social communities where people can ask each other questions? In fact, my work's actually very good at doing that. We're a Slack <laughs> company. And so people are pretty well, well tuned into Slack all day. And there's really relevant channels for people to ask questions. And they do. They come in, they tag somebody, that person goes, oh, that's not me. Let me tag somebody else for you. And learning happens. Learning happens in those Slack groups every day. And as someone who's responsible for learning in my organization, if I'm not aware of that, if I'm not following that, if I'm not looking for some sort of data or metrics that I can pull from that to inform what I'm doing, then I'm a fool. <laughs> because because learning and development professionals should be looking at all the places where learning's happening so that they can understand how to best add to that and enhance that, right? And it's just, it's something I want to share with new instructional designers, especially because I know that they're a large portion of my listening audience, but also very susceptible to the ideas that are being perpetuated in our industry that are saying like, if you have a portfolio chock full of yummy e-learning, you're going to get a job. And I want new instructional designers to bulk at that. I want them to say, that's crap. Like, let's do something different. Let's do it differently than it's been done before. You know, we're not... It, it, L&D always complains that they don't have a seat at the table, that we're not order takers, but we don't do anything to fix that. We don't do anything to try and change how learning's perceived at our organization. We just simply say, well, I'm not an order taker. I'm going to do this e-learning and I'm going to do it my way <laughs> and I'm guilty, which is why I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm guilty of this. But working with people to create meaningful learning experiences that don't necessarily have to be in a software or in an LMS is key to becoming the learning experts of our organization. And so moving away from this idea of being an e-learning factory is important. And my dear friend, Laura Hoyer, and I are 
going to revive. We, we, we tried this before, but we both got really, really busy with work. But now we're ready to revive our ID coaching cohort, where we're going to talk about things that new instructional designers need to know that are outside of e-learning. What are non-instructional interventions? What do they look like? What is project management and time management look like for an instructional designer? What happens when you get assigned a project? What are you responsible for? What kinds of conversations are you going to have with subject matter experts? What kinds of things do you need to do to set expectations and scope and just all these different little nuanced things that they don't show you and that they don't teach you in, you know, portfolio class, for lack of a better term. And we're hoping to run it this fall. Um, you know, the hardest part for Laura and I is that we're so busy with all the things that we do that it's hard for us to, to you know, buckle down and commit to it. Um, but we are committed to it and we do want to do it and we enjoy working together quite a bit. So, um, you know, if you're interested, you can reach out to me or to Laura for more information and just stay tuned on our LinkedIn because we're really excited to, to share that with you. And so in closing, I want to challenge you to do something these next two weeks before you hear from me again. I want you to notice learning where it happens. I want you to notice learning everywhere where it happens. I want you to watch people learning in public. I want you to watch your family learning things. I want you to learn something. Go learn something. Not in an e-learning. And, and think about where and how you can replicate that process as an instructional designer. Thanks again for joining me on the blog. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and review us on your favorite podcast platform. I hope you'll tune in again soon.